Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. It's the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Welcome back. This is podcast 39. We're going to be talking about, as you saw in the title, NVIDIA. This has been on the news for quite some time now. It's been making splashes. Uh, so we'll talk about it uh, in, this, in this episode and the next episode. But first, disclaimer, Hari. Yeah, so <clears throat> as we save with every uh, uh, talk that we do here, we are a, um, <clears throat> you know, this is a podcast for your entertainment purposes. Um, you know, <clears throat> we are not your financial advisor. We do not um, have any sort of uh, knowledge of what your personal financial situation is. <clears throat> you have to make these decisions for yourself. Uh, what we are trying to do here is to teach you how to, Evaluate businesses. We may make mistakes. You have to make these decisions for yourself. So, uh, yeah, important point right there. Um, so let's get on with the podcast. Uh, yeah. Again, like I said, we're going to do Nvidia. It's an exciting company, and uh, you know it's very, very. Well, we'll talk about more in detail. But but first, I want to give a few shout outs to people who have reached out for the for the checklist. As I said in earlier podcast, checklist, it's important to have it in front of you because that's what we use to analyze companies. Uh, so a few shout outs to, uh, to people who've, uh, who've, uh, who've reached out. So um, should I name names? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep it private. We'll keep it private. Well, th- thank you guys for, for reaching out. We've gotten a lot of uh, requests from overseas, surprisingly. Um, uh, mainland U.S. a few, uh, Hawaii. I know you guys are listening out there. And then uh, we have a few uh, requests from overseas in South America and uh, and Europe. So thank you guys all for listening. Okay, let's get on with uh, Nvidia. Oh, and well, and also if you want to get the checklist, oh, you yeah. can send us an email at <clears throat> info at valueinvestor dot org. Absolutely. Or if you want to leave feedback, hate mail. Hate mail, um, uh, whatever your you yeah. know, your thing, just <coughs> drop us a line. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Uh, let's get on with the with the checklist and the podcast. So, Nvidia, what do they do? So, Nvidia, if you look at their logo, I think it's pretty interesting. The logo is an eye. Think about that. It's an eye. It's a green eye, guys. And what does that what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, that means, I didn't know this, um, but NVIDIA, NVIDIA's logo is an I, and what they do is they make, their primary business is making GPU. It stands <laughs> for Graphic Processing Unit. Um, you want to elaborate on uh, more about what that is, just on a technical realm for the Yeah, layman? I mean, if you're, uh, <clears throat> if you're not familiar with what a graphics processing unit, which they claim they invented, which is probably true, actually, because... Uh, prior to that, all of the graphics in your, you know, the display that you would see on your screen has to go through some calculations to know what, you know, what to show on the monitor. Uh, and that that was very simple before. It was just um, memory of what color should be displayed. Yep. <clears throat> but what NVIDIA had done, and there were other companies that existed around the time NVIDIA was 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 born, was make the ability to take 
<clears throat> 3D graphics and render them in real time. Yep. So this is something that, you know, 3D graphics really started in the late 70s, but it was, you know, m- you know, machines, you know, hundreds of machines. You know, so if, if you actually watch the original uh, Tron movie, um, it had, you know, some of the earliest 3D graphics that were ever produced in a movie. Um, and this took, you know, months to render yeah. these images and, and so forth. So now NVIDIA is able to do, you know, after 25 years of existence, 26, I guess, will be this year, um, they're actually able to do real-time reflections and, you know, all of these amazing yeah. things. that. So they're basically powering the game industry, uh, yeah. you know, with all of their, you know, the, the graphics that they do. Yeah, it's really incredible. If you look at, if you crack open 10K, their 10K, It'll, they will show you in the first five pages or something like that their <laughs> rendering of all these animation. It's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you, you look at it and you realize, like, man, like, this is so real. Like, this is so real. So GPU, that's what they make. Graphic processing unit. These are chips that goes into computers and things like that. Well, and also to, just to, <clears throat> to add to that, <clears throat> excuse me, getting over a cold, sorry. The GPU is also basically a really fast yeah. parallelized um task you know processor so just like the the cpu but what the gpu lacks is it doesn't have direct access to the system memory so it it takes time to load up assets into the gpu's memory yeah. um and then the other thing that that is but what it can do is it can do thousands and thousands of calculations in parallel per second yep. and so why that's useful is that's essentially what powers artificial intelligence yep. is being able to do thousands and thousands and thousands of parallel calculations yep. simultaneously. Yeah, like Hari said, it's it was originally created to render images, animations, and videos, but increasingly it's being used to handle general computing tasks. And its product line. So, Nvidia. Let's go into kind of more of a pro, like kind of a more granular level of what what types of GPUs they make. They make a whole different categories of GPUs but they're mostly for they're they're for following categories for PC gaming, <clears throat> cloud computing, uh, obviously for designing professionals making, you know, computer aided designs, video editing, things like that. And like Kari said AI uh, for general general purpose computing AI and then uh, also a big big part of their um, their push is to install GPUs in data centers, the cloud and then most recently, cryptocurrency mining because it has so much com- computational power right there. So GPU is really the core of NVIDIA, but also they have another line of business. Uh, they, call them, they call themselves SOC, System on Chip. Um, it's a type of integrated circuit with GPU, CPU, and other components uh, such as memory on a single chip. So, <coughs> so that... The, the best example of that is actually the Nintendo Switch. It uses the NVIDIA Tegra uh, X1, I think it is. Yep. Uh, and it is a, um, you know, it, it it's an entire system, you know, that can run an entire operating system and everything, but it all exists on one single board. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's another, uh, that's another type of uh, business that they... They, they, they do. So and, G- that, and that same system on a chip is actually what is in your uh, in Tesla. Yeah. The the car, not yep. not uh, Nvidia's Tesla chip, but which is also it's yeah. also in that chip. But yeah. in, in the Tesla, Tesla cars, car, and, yeah. and they're making a lot of inroads into the uh, car market as well. Exactly. 
So again, um, GPU, I told you about all the product lines that they have for GPU, and then a system on chip. On the product line for that is, like like Ari said, software, automotive, or no, automotive uh, so- software market, um, self-driving cars, you know, they're, they're coming online now. So a lot of those are powered by uh, SOCs. Um, and also they have a, a lot of uh, home, mobile, you know, home entertainment stuff, AI, gaming, uh, things like that. So embedded systems, SOC is used for those. So largely speaking, two product lines, GPU and SOC, system on chip. <clears throat> I think also one thing that was interesting to me when reading through the annual report yeah because i think a lot of people don't really appreciate the gaming market yeah um so the gaming market is actually the largest entertainment market in the world right as a, as a whole it's a hundred billion dollar a year business and you know they're you know nvidia doesn't make video games but they are the ones that power the video game so without you know you can certainly make graphics pe- you know processing units without it but nvidia is a is the largest player in that market and yeah. if you want, especially want to play the high end stuff mm-hmm. you only have two choices which is ati or as the, the ceo said refers to it the other company in the uh the conference calls mm-hmm. um but you know it's it's a very interesting like dynamic because if you're not into games it you know, it's it's like a hidden market. It's yeah, totally hidden. Um, and you now are seeing esports. Um, you know, the esports market is blowing up. Um, you're seeing people playing video games. You know, in especially Southeast Asia, uh, China, it's an enormous industry. So you know, Nvidia's scope, even though it it seems like well, it's just gaming, which is what they started out as, and it's still a, the majority of their revenue. Mm-hmm. It's an enormous industry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they work very closely with the developers to, you know, enhance, you know, their products and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to touch on this really quick. Like I said earlier, yeah, two different types of businesses, GPU and SOC. I just wanted to give people some reference as to how much business they're doing. So GPU last year, GPU segment right there, GPU did uh, $8.1 billion of sales and the other um, the other SOC, Tegra processor, which is system on chip, they did 1.5 billion in sales. I just want to give you guys the context as we discuss this company further in detail. So uh, let's move on to um, kind of. Uh, I want to touch on the most the most recent performance. Just kind of touch touch kind of high high on the higher um, end of things. So their gross profit is about 41%, you know, the cost of goods, cost of goods sold. Um, it's, it's quite a bit, um, you know, a lot goes into making these chips. So one thing that I want to kind of touch on here is recognition of cost of goods sold because we're going to go into this a little bit further, but 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 NVIDIA does a fabulous process, fabulous manufacturing, which is they outsource basically the entire manufacturing process. Only thing they do in-house is design the chips. So once once you design the chips, they just outsource the entire manufacturing uh, process. So in in terms of cost of goods sold and recognizing cost of goods sold, um, it's it's mostly it's all the manufacturing cost that goes into it. So all the manufacturing costs. Development costs for licenses and service agreements, as well as 
a stock-based composition to personnel associated with manufacturing. So all of those are associated in cost of goods sold. It's a little bit different than other businesses where you have manufacturing in-house. So I just wanted to point that out. When you guys are reading through the annual report and financial statements, keep that in mind. Um, awesome. Um, should we move on to the next question, Hari? Sure. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about their competitive advantage and how, um, you know, so uh, the other term for that is the moat. Yeah. So why don't you tell us um, what, you know, you think their competitive advantage is? Yeah. And then I'll give my, you know, my thoughts also. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm shuffling through my notes here. Uh, okay. You know, I think you know, this is a obviously Nvidia is a Nvidia is a engineering company, right? They they manufacture Oh, sorry. I'm out of focus here. Nvidia is a you know, it's a it's an engineering powerhouse. They make chips that power many many different industries and industries that are going to be big in the future such as AI and data centers. Data centers you see in the in their income statement it's just blowing up and cryptocurrency. And so I think really their key edge is that technical edge that you know the ability to develop constantly yeah. uh, you know bring out new new products that people like. Um, so we have a list of you know we have a list of competitive advantage the moats types of moats on our checklist brand networking effects switching costs low cost intangible assets. I don't know where to exactly pinpoint this one. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I think there's certainly a brand moat here, right? Yep. That when you're building a, uh, you know, speaking from a personal experience, you're building a gaming rig, you know, you kind of have two choices, uh, ATI and uh, NVIDIA. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, they're constantly in a slugfest, but, you know, NVIDIA seems to always have an edge, you know, there. Um, and then, you know, recently the Vega line came out and it was a little bit, you know, it was it was very competitive yeah. with the 1080 series. And then you went and got a, um, an, a new NVIDIA, you know, with the real-time ray tracing, which, you know, to me is like mind-blowing, right? Like this is something that... Ray tracing? Yeah. Like, yeah. When, you know, I used to do computer graphics or still do. And, you know, ray tracing was always the thing that was super expensive, yeah. right? It took forever. Yeah. And now they're doing it in real time, yeah. which if you if you haven't uh, seen this, there's a video of um, they rendered a scene in Star Wars in real time um, where Captain Phasma is coming in an elevator. And if you search for it, real time ray tracing Star Wars, uh, you'll find it on YouTube. And it's worth watching. But if someone hadn't told me that was, you know, rendered i would have completely thought that was a <laughs> just you know just a regular yeah. thing they've filmed in a traditional way yeah. so you know wh what i would say is that there's certainly a brand component to you know what they're doing they have a, a strong technical edge yeah um and then there's actually some there is actually some switching costs there um that when you are building for the data center ai market um, they they have an API called uh, you know so an application programming interface uh, for the non technical folks they're called CUDA which is their computing system that how you speak to the GPU yep. uh, and the CUDA um, uh, API has been around for twelve years and a lot of people have built their AI stuff around the CUDA 
process. Yeah. So if you're if you're not familiar with software development, you know if you attach yourself to a particular library, and then a new library comes along, you have to change not just the calls that you make to you know that, but it, it actually changes the entire architecture in some cases mm-hmm. of how you execute your application. So it's a fairly significant thing to replace CUDA with you know OpenCL, which is the you know the 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 open standard that that exists. So I would say that there's there's certainly a lot of a lot of moats here, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I mean, uh, to me, the technical moat here is what I think. If, really, yeah. If if you gave Beko and me a hundred billion dollars and asked us to go compete with Nvidia, could we beat them? And I think the answer is, well, it would take us 25 years, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that's how long they've yeah. been around. They've been around since, again, I wanted to mention this. They've been around since 1993, and they IPO'd at 1999. You know, this is the height of the tech bubble. And then they existed. I mean, they were one of the few companies that existed out of the, the bubble there. But, uh, yeah, from from market capitalization of about $200 million to, you know, right now they're at about $90 billion. So, yeah, about about you know 400x from IPO that's incredible success right there yeah um i want to give a quick uh, shout out to our kind of plug into our website thevalueinvestor.org uh, if you go to that website and type in the ticker nvda ticker for nvidia you will be able to see all the financial statements all three financial statements cleanly laid out from going all the way back to 1995 so do check that out Again, going. Let's go back to the the moat the moat discussion. Um, what I found interesting, like you said, the the technical edge for Nvidia is powerful. It's really powerful, really really powerful. And I wanted to look at the the R and D expenses. Um, R and D expenses divided by the revenue. So percentage of revenue coming in, and how much of that revenue generated goes into R and D. I wanted to look at that. I wanted to compare it to. Uh, AMD, they're spending on average. This is averaging out um, from 2012. They're a- they're averaging about a quarter. So, what comes in a quarter of that money, about 25 percent, goes out on R and D expense. So, I mean, that's pretty sizable. Again, like we said, you know, they're bringing in about you know about 10 million or 10 billion rather, you know, eight point something, and then it- it's you know sizable sizable amount of money going into R&D. Yeah, and so that's that means it's going that's what they're just spending every year. Yeah. And then there's a legacy of the knowledge and know-how that they have built up over that 25-year period that is also in, into that. So, yeah. I mean, that's a hard thing to to overcome, you know, if you're trying to compete with those guys. Yeah. I also want to say, you know, we have the technical edge. Obviously, that's very very important, but also the manufacturing edge is also something that we can't overlook, I don't think. Because making a chip, you know, I think the most recent you know, tariff talk between China and U.S. kind of surfaced the idea that manufacturing these complex parts, iPhone, for example, is a very, very complex thing. You have yeah. all these supplies. You have to chain all them together. Yeah. And manufacturing is done all in Asia. And you have all these different companies that has to come together to make a single product. NVIDIA is not... An, not an exception in this case. Yeah, I mean, you're the cat herder in this scenario, right? Yeah. You know, so it's not just building it, which is certainly a huge part of it. Yeah. Right? But they, you have to actually herd all of these cats to, you know, to get the product built. So yeah. there, there is a certain amount of, you know, expertise. I, I mean, I think that's less. It's more. Um, 
you know, compatible, yeah. you know, as, as a moat goes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but certainly the technical expertise of actually mm-hmm. designing the chips and so forth. Because I, I found it interesting when they listed, you know, their risks. Yeah. One of the things that they talked about was their employees, right? Obviously, anybody who's spending this much on R&D yeah. is heavily dependent on knowledge, you know, for, of their workers. Yeah. Uh, and then compensation of those workers so that they don't leave to go to other companies. Yeah. But, you know, their their competitors or who they listed as competitors included Tesla, Google, game companies like Activision, Blizzard. So, you know, they're competing in an industry in so many different ways, mm-hmm. right? That They're designing these chips, but the people who are designing the chips also have can design the chips for Tesla and, and other areas. So... It's a fairly diverse market that used to be just focused on gaming. Yeah. Now all these other players, you know, are trying to to you know to get into the space. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that if they wanted to do that, they would have actually built their own GPUs, and they haven't. Right? Mm-hmm. They've just said, "Well, Nvidia has done a better job of that." <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So I, I think that to me is also a testament to how strong that mode is. Mm-hmm. Is that if I wanted to go in and compete, there's certainly expertise on the Tesla side. But they're outsourcing the actual processing to, you know, Nvidia. Nvidia. Yeah, exactly. Okay, um, we didn't touch on this aspect of it, but I want to touch on the international, the global presence of Nvidia. Right. In terms of chip making, I mean, Nvidia is the king. Would you say? I mean, in in terms of GPU, I mean, there's no other. There are, but <clears throat> ATI is certainly competing there, but they don't. You know, ATI is owned by AMD, Mm. and the interesting thing about it is AMD is just doesn't generate a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you look at how Nvidia is is crushing it in the marketplace and generates a lot of free cash, AMD just hasn't been able to translate it into. Now they've they've got some very competitive things on the CPU side, GPU. You know, their their Series 7 is not as exciting, I think, as the real-time ray tracing, to me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, It's definitely a premium product here, NVIDIA versus AMD. Yeah, I mean, I think they there's a case to be made in the the middle tiers, uh, you know, where pricing, you know, really affects yep. what the decision-making is. Um, and, you know, there was, for a time, cryptocurrency was a really hot thing. And then the last, you know, three months, they've actually had or six months, they've had a, lo- a huge decline in the number of cards being bought for cryptocurrency, yeah. which had distorted the market really for you know what their core product was. Yeah. So I don't know if cryptocurrency mining is going to stay, come back, mm-hmm. you know, if people are going to be buying those chips. Mm-hmm. And that's why we saw a huge decline in NVIDIA's prices. Effectively, people were saying <clears throat> there that there's an endless supply for their cards. Mm-hmm. They were so in demand that they were charging double the retail price to buy them yeah um yeah so nvidia you know nvidia uh, in terms of global presence they're you know quite they're out there yeah. again I, I wanted to <clears throat> mention this statistics about 40 percent and harry mentioned retaining talent right retaining talent about 40 percent of our employees are located outside the u.s you know as of 2018 january 2018 uh january 28th 2018 so Again, kind of going back to operational efficiency as one of their moats, a weak one, a, certainly a breachable one, but but certainly a, a noticeable one. Uh, operational efficiency, being able to conduct this fabulous uh, fabrication fabrication process, all you know, outside of their 
outside of their um, uh, you know they don't have a manufacturing plant all outsourced that's certainly a noticeable one but also global presence maintaining uh, that presence employee presence all around the world to do all of their R&D um, stuff here in the US they're, they're located in uh, San Jose area let's move on to uh, the next question yeah so what <clears throat> what is the comp- company's long-term prospects and runway for growth? Yeah. I want to talk, before we go into that, I want to talk about kind of different market that they're playing in. We talked about this earlier on, but I want to kind of enumerate them. One is gaming. Two is professional visualization. This is, you know, making animations and things like that. Three is data center and four is automotive. Yep. And these are the verticals that they report in their uh, annual report in terms of uh, their revenue and, and, and things. Um, so if you look, I thought this was pretty interesting. If you look at 2000, going back to 2015, and if you compare that number to 2018, you know, this is not speaking of the entire market, but for NVIDIA itself, uh, gaming, their revenue increased from 2 billion to 5.5 from 2015 to 2018. Professional visualization, 795 million to 932, not as you know, robust as gaming growth. Uh, data center, look at this, 317 million to 2018, 9.2 billion dollars. So there's quite a bit of jump there. Uh, uh, 1.9 billion. Or what did I say? 9.2. Oh, sorry, 1.9 billion. Yeah, no, 317. Yeah. to 9.2 would have been a lot. <laughs> that would have been a lot. But it, I mean, to 1.9 is still it's quite tremendous. a bit of jump, and yeah. it's and it's still growing. Yeah, know. growing crazy. And then the fourth one, automotive. Uh, 183 million in 2015 to 2018, 558 million. Certainly, it's a lot of growth there too, but not as robust as uh, data centers. But these are some of the numbers that I want to share with you guys to illustrate that, at least in Nvidia's realm, these verticals are they're they're growing absolutely. Yeah, and I think also one thing to say in that <coughs> growth is, you know the, you know people who are buying. Uh, PCs and stuff like that in the gaming side. Yeah. There was a lot of cryptocurrency cards that were purchased mm-hmm. and the high-end cryptocurrency cards were the ones that were being purchased because they did the most they were the most efficient at mining crypto. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the other thing that was interesting about that was <clears throat> early on GPUs you know people were buying the value line. You know they were the, the, the GPU was under $250 to $300 was where people were buying. Now people are the the price point has gone up to the premium cards of eight hundred dollars for, yeah. you know, uh, up to eleven hundred dollars, and you know there's still a lot of demand at that high end mm-hmm. on the gaming side, because it really if you're really into gaming that's that's where you see a lot of big bang for your buck yeah. visually. So you're seeing that expansion. You know when we talk about that runway for growth, I, I think there's they can improve their gross margin as they've done over time by people are buying higher end products. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that, that, that's an, that's an area of, of growth just inside their, their gaming thing. But I think it's in the not too distant future, data center is going to be a bigger, you know, could, could be a bigger uh, play for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that actually. I mean, data center, we've gotten from, you know, 300 million to nine point or sorry, 1.9 billion dollars and data centers they're you know they're when they're building out new data centers they want NV- they want the highest quality chips to be able to render all these different things and have all these computational powers f- to do all these uh 
parallel processing. So, and I agree. I mean, and also these are, and also these are, um, um, you know, for data centers, these are um, enterprise level sales. Yeah. So it's going to be big sales. They actually mentioned in the Q3 conference call, you know, Google just bought one of their newest chips. Yeah. And installed it in the data center. And it was, you know, the time from, you know, uh, design or build to the time it was actually installed was like some insanely low, like 30 days or something like that. So there's a lot of adoption already for these newer lines because there's so much demand for the cloud uh, AI computing stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, All right. So I think we've, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about these these next two questions. So we'll just briefly touch on them. Uh, does the company require a lot of capital reinvestment to maintain its business? So obviously they're putting in twenty five percent of their R and D. Yeah. Of their revenue is is they is R and D. So, you know, yes. I mean, they 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 want to in order to remain con- competitive in any tech firm, you have to, you know, continuously reinvest in. Mm-hmm. You know, and technology, and I don't see that you know changing. But they're able to you know actually leverage it for you know high rates of return, so it it seems to be working for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a a price you pay to compete at this level. Yeah, you know, you have to continuously invest to be at the top, or else you know AMD might, for example, catch up, and other companies might catch up. So it's a price you pay. Right, and especially in the tech company, in the tech realm, you have to invest. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then the next the next question is, do they have favorable relationships with various parties? So, you know, I, I think uh, I think we actually also have talked a little bit about this, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, the we we talked about how complex the supply chain is it's, for them, you know, because they're building out, you know, it's a fabulous system which which allows them to ha- maintain higher margins, yeah. but then they have to main, they have to rely on third parties you know, manufacturing everything. So there's certainly some risk there if, you know. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, I think it's a risk. But for the past three companies that we've analyzed, two companies we analyzed, you know, know, we we analyzed Skechers and we analyzed Canada Goose. If I look at, if I reflect back on those, those also had some component of outsourced manufacturing. And in those outsourced manufacturing capabilities, they mentioned that, when you are dependent on suppliers to give you all the raw goods, for example, uh, they're not they're not going into contractual obligation with these uh, these suppliers. And I think that that statement right there applies here also. Right. They stay in the in the 10K. All the subcontractors and you know the, the suppliers and all these like intricate layers of manufacturing contractual obligation is not really present. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a risk. Yeah. No, I mean, I obviously they've figured it out. Figured, right? yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know that how, you know, how quick, how easy it would be to disrupt that. Because obviously it's a two-way street. The, sure. Those manufacturers are also heavily dependent on NVIDIA. Yeah. If they were to move their business somewhere else, it, it could be devastating. So yeah. they want to maintain good relationships on both sides, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly NVIDIA is constantly putting out new chips and that, there's demand, you know, for those. And now as the data center market grows, they're going to have to start, you know, adding capacity to get, you know, those complex chips built too. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's certainly a, a problem and, <clears throat> you know, but again, with all of these things, you know, you have to look at it on a, a larger perspective. They're not going <clears> to <throat> screw themselves over. <clears throat> Neither are the suppliers, but 
In the event of a natural disaster in Southeast Asia, <clears throat> which happened to the hard drive market a few years ago, um, you know, or some some other events like that, trade war, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's there are certain risks that you'd have to be yeah. concerned about. But over the long term, I don't see that being really a problem. Yeah, there may be some hiccups here and there, you know, like the cryptocurrency, you know, thing, you know, has died out. Um, but I I don't see any that changing the long term prospects for Nvidia. People want gaming chips, you know, to get the latest and greatest graphics. They're going to have to use Nvidia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or lesser to a lesser level, you know, AMD. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Um, Should we move on to the next question or Um, yeah. So actually that the next question we will save for the next podcast, which will be uh, talking about the financials and the return on capital. So uh, that sounds good. Um, Let's, let's close out this podcast then. Uh, This was episode 39. We're going on to, fourth decade of the podcast so stay tuned guys thank you for thank you all for listening to this episode and uh we'll uh you know if you have any questions or any other um things that you want to you know drop us a line tell us about your uh experience with nvidia or anything else uh send us an email at info at valueinvestor.org uh all right thanks thank you Mm -hmm.